We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm excited to have Jocelyn Kuhn join us this morning. Jocelyn, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited and I would love to know, Jocelyn, what does the world need more of? I truly believe that the world just needs more love and and with that forgiveness um, and just people to seek to understand one another. So coming from a place of, of true love and compassion for one another. Very nice. Very nice. And, and in that, um, I love what you're saying. Love, forgiveness, compassion, understanding. These, these are, these are beautiful things. And, and how do you bring those things into today's world? I try really to live my life as a beacon of light for others and I you know I haven't always been perfect in all of my relationships but actually just as recently as this week have been having some conversations with some family members I hadn't talked to in quite a long time and and just saying I'm sorry and please forgive me and um and also saying I forgive you and let's love each other and let's let's move past some of the the hurts from the past. And, um, so I think it's having hard conversations in my daily life sometimes when it's needed. And, um, but it's also going and, you know, having a conversation, not just giving a handout to maybe someone on the street who's homeless, but having a conversation and making them feel human and, um, and, and just doing everything that I can to, be somebody who is a light to the people who are forgotten the most, um, whether it's in coaching volleyball and working with young people and just just listening or going and listening to someone else. I think so many people just need to feel heard and seen. Hmm. I think there's a lot of power in that. When, when people feel seen and people feel heard, it's amazing how their life starts to transform. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me about a book written, I think it's called Survivors, uh, where there was a, it's a story of a guy who got on a bus and he was crying and then switched to the trolley and he was crying and then switched to walking and he was crying. And, and he cried past hundreds of people that day on his way to the, the bridge in San Francisco to go jump off. And he jumped off and he landed and he survived. And, and the book was a, a book of survivors, people who made it. And they said in, in the book, he talks about if someone would have just asked, how are you feeling? What's going on? Why are you crying? What's up? He said, I probably wouldn't have jumped. And, and certainly it's his own choice to jump. 
at the same time, like you said, being seen, having someone hear yeah. you or ask how you're doing or be there for you. And, and a lot of times you mentioned uh, hard conversations. Sometimes it's hard to ask someone. It's uncomfortable to ask someone. But choosing to ask someone in that moment can literally shape the entire destination of where they're headed next. Yes. And I saw that so clearly in my own life uh, when I was, well, a few years back, uh, my brother actually tried to commit suicide. And so much of what his pain was was not feeling seen or heard. And um, and it's been amazing to see this transformation that's happened for him as he's opened up and expressed. And it's hard for people. I mean, sometimes it's really hard to get people to open up. And um, But I think when you love people you know you just have to keep trying to have those conversations and and just keep giving people permission to show up and um and and loving them and loving on them when times are tough the other thing you mentioned and and there's such truth there the other thing you mentioned um was saying you're sorry that's a hard conversation for some people you know that for some people it and and there's a difference between just saying oh sorry sorry about that didn't mean it sorry and, and, and there's a difference between really, truly apologizing and, and saying, listen, yeah. I said X or I did X or I, I created X and I wanted to stop and just tell you, I apologize for that. From the heart of hearts, from my deep down in the soul, I just want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I, I'm sorry this transpired. I'm sorry you had to go through this. And, and what can I do to make it right? And, and there's a yeah. difference there in that apology where, you know, just brushing it off by using the words versus deeply stopping in time, holding space for that moment, identifying what went wrong and asking if there's a way you can help make it right. Sometimes there is no way to make it right, but just the ability to stop and hold that space can, can be very, very healing. How do you get the courage to have that kind of conversation and say you're sorry? I actually remember a dream that I had several years ago, shortly after my dad died. And I had kind of been having this fighting back and forth with my brother about some things that I didn't agree with. And, um, and I remember in the dream, my dad coming to me and saying, you may be right, but you're still going to be lonely. And that shifted my perspective so greatly because I think so much of the time we're all, we're fighting over what we believe is right for us. We believe you know, that our story and the way that we identify the world and everything is right and somebody else's then has to be wrong. And when I gave that up, it was like the most freeing thing to be able to just say, we don't have to agree and we don't have to see eye to eye on this, but I can still love you. And I'm sorry for putting my judgments on you and your choices because I'm operating just with my limited perspective of my own ideas. And so I think that really changed my perspective on what it means to say sorry, because it, it allows people to be who, who they are, where they are, and, and that's okay. And it's meant to be that way. Um, so I think when we stop trying to judge everything according to our own belief system, it just opens us up to being able to love each other. And with love comes forgiveness and, and understanding. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. I love that. And, and I'd love to know a little bit more about you. Uh, you know, what's your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And I'd love to know what are maybe a couple moments throughout your life that helped shape that? 
I definitely feel like my wow factor is empathy and compassion. Um, I, I feel like I have gone through some, some trials, not, you know, in comparison to some people, my trials have been nothing. I, I would take mine back in a heartbeat compared to some of the things that people have had to deal with in their life. But I was blessed to go through losing my dad at a young age and, and actually a lot of, stress that led up to that I, we found out you know he was living this completely double life and he was portraying himself as this amazing parent role model um coach and and we had the most amazing upbringing and then shortly after high school found out he was living a complete double life and his business was a front for part of this drug dealing ring and um so he was going to get sent he got sentenced actually to five years in federal prison and shortly after that, he came to live with me. Um, he had about two months to turn himself in, so he came to live with me during those two months. And he and I actually found him when I was 22. He died of an aortic aneurysm. And um, it completely changed my life because I realized how many people go through such painful moments and you always think it happens to other people. And then when it happens to you, it's like this gut-wrenching pain. And so that has really shaped my destiny of wanting to create, you know, I just wrote a book that was basically um, my mission with that book is just to help people learn that they can turn adversity into into opportunity and that they can choose how they're going to react to any negative situation in their life. And um, so I, I just felt, I, I've always felt called to help the hurting. And um, I think, I mean, my mom would say it has gone back to when I was two years old, you know, I'd make sure that all my younger siblings would win everything and I'd, I'd lose so that they could be the winner. And um, when I got to the point where I would make an allowance, I'd give it away the second that I got it or um, go and do different things like serving the homeless in the community. So that's always kind of been, one of my biggest inspirations has always been Mother Teresa because I think she's the epitome of somebody who loves the forgotten and um, she's just an amazing and incredible role model. Interesting. And so going into those moments that made you, you obviously have a lot of compassion and empathy, but looking for those moments, um, you know, what was it like realizing you see someone in one way and all of a sudden, one day you uncover a fact where they're a different human. And what were the real emotions that showed up in that puzzle as it unfolded? As you saw each piece falling into place, all of a sudden you step back and someone you love and, and they love you and they've cared about you and they've taken care of you and they've given you this great life and they've made sure you're protected and cared for. And then all of a sudden you realize a lot of what you believe to be true about them uh, wasn't necessarily the, the way you thought it was. It was extremely hard. I I mean, my dad and I fought for a good solid three years because he actually used my identity in some of his business dealings um, and just did so many things that hurt our family and, and cheated on my mom and ended their marriage. And um, so I was so angry with him for a period of probably two, two and a half years. And it was actually my brother my brother's suicide attempt the night of his sentencing that 
finally led to some healing for us. And that's when he came to live with me. But um, we went through, I mean, I just remember feeling shocked and I remember feeling so embarrassed. Um, We all went to a private school and, and played sports and all of us got amazing grades. And so we were like this picture perfect family in the community. And then when all this hit, it was so embarrassing. I mean, you know, people actually, actually, I remember just, you know, six years ago getting turned down for a coaching position because of who my dad was. And it, it killed me because he had done so many wonderful things in his life, but all of a sudden, none of those things really mattered to anyone. He was only seen as this criminal and, and it was hard for me because I wrestled with that myself. I, I felt so much pain and anger around him. And, um, so I understood why other people felt that way, but it was still really hard because it's your dad. It's somebody that you love. It's somebody that you look up to and admire. And, and even things like my dad was super into self-growth always growing up. And so for, a while I turned away from all of that because I was so angry and I thought, well, if this is where it's gotten him, I'm not going to go down that road. And, um, luckily, you know, I, I finally decided I'm going to pick up actually Tony Robbins tapes. Um, shortly after he died, I found them in the room that he was staying in and, and I decided to listen. And prior to that, I'd always hated listening to all of it because I just thought, what a hypocrite. Why are, why would you be listening to this and then living your life this way? So I had to really wrestle with the fact that we all have these components of ourselves, and, and for some people they're very blaring and obvious. And for other people, you know, it's just little things that we do that maybe aren't in alignment with who we are as a human being. And one of the ones for me was drinking alcohol. And I, I, drank all through my 20s and I never thought it was a big deal and then when I finally decided to give it up I felt so much more in alignment with who I really was as a person so I can only imagine for him how hard it must have felt to feel so out of alignment with himself at times so true so true and and it, it sounds as if looking back at all these moments and all these discoveries and experiences I, I think like you said, many of us have those discovery moments within ourselves where we think one thing, we believe one thing, and then somehow our actions go the other direction and we've got to stop. And, and the hardest person to face is the one in the mirror. And you got to look yourself straight in the eyes and go, what the heck happened? And a, a yeah. friend of mine says, you know, people who do that and then choose to continue doing it, knowing that it hurts people, um, they're, they're not, they're not, he, he had some interesting descriptions of those people. <laughs> I'll use the, I'll save the explicit language. Tune in the last episode if you want to hear his opinion. <laughs> um, but, but those who, you know, figure out that they've done something, it's hurt somebody, it's wrong and choose a different path. Uh, that that's life. That's everybody. You know, we have moments yeah. where we try something or sample something or do something and that epiphany to have, uh, you know, empathy for yourself and say, Hey, I've been doing this thing, even though I've never thought it was wrong. I've learned new evidence. I now know it's not helping me. Therefore, I'm going to choose something different. And in choosing something different, you've learned a lesson. 
Um, if you were to just go, ah, screw it and keep going down the same path, knowing that it's harming you or, 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 or pulling you apart as a human and not helping, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not really growing in that place. You're not really challenging yourself. And uh, a lady who had her entire life fall apart, um, she was had this amazing business, amazing marriage, amazing everything. And then all of a sudden, one day, uh, she found out her husband was cheating on her. Her she got like breast cancer. She her business fell apart. Like everything fell apart within you know probably thirty days or less. And she had just kind of did a peace, love, and prayer, whatever it's called, journey around the world. And and her sleep pray. What is it? Sleep pray love. Eat, pray, love. Eat. That was the key ingredient. <laughs> Eat, pray, and love. Uh, I knew there was something in there I was missing. And so she took this journey around the world. She came back, and, and I said, hey, what happened? And she told me her story of all these bits and pieces and how it all was amazing and then fell apart. And then she took this trip to find herself. And she says, you know, if I look back, life was always sending me a little whisper. And I just tell it to shut up because I was busy. And, and, and if I look, there were little whispers of things kind of poking out in front of me, showing me a, a different opportunity, a different path, a different choice, little things. And I just kept telling them to shut up because I was busy. Eventually, I remember life hucked a brick at me and stuff started to get shaky and rocky at home. Stuff started to get shaky in my health. I wasn't feeling as good. I was drained and emotionally just kind of not feeling my best. My business started to fumble around a little. And, and I still was like, shut up, I'm busy. And I just wouldn't pay attention, even the brick. And eventually she goes, you know, I learned if you don't really grasp what life's trying to show you, eventually it'll burn your damn house down. And she goes, when, yeah. I, when I found out he was cheating on me, when my, I, I got told I had cancer, when I showed up to work and I looked at our books and they were melting in every direction, I said, you know, there's nothing else I can do but pay attention. I was humbled, brought to my knees and given a moment that I had to face that message that life had been throwing at me this entire time. And it sounds like in different ways, shapes or forms uh, in, in a, in a good way, you caught that message early. Uh, you didn't get liver cancer. You didn't, you didn't, you know, wake up drunk somewhere half alive with an organ missing. Like you, you <laughs> luckily, <laughs> and those things sound no, crazy, yeah. but that's kind of life burning your house down. <laughs> you know, it might've been a brick well, or a fet or a, or a whisper and you caught it and, and made a good choice. And I really saw it burn my dad's house down. So I'm so thankful for that example in my life because I think of, I mean, exactly that same story with my dad's life he got in trouble for a little thing but no one ever held him accountable and he could talk his way out of it and talk his way out of it you know he had cheated before but he talked his way out of it and eventually life just kept you know giving him bigger and bigger lessons and unfortunately it ended with what I believe I mean I believe he died at 43 because he continued to not heed the warning and and it's amazing because he taught us that lesson as kids. I mean, he was the best teacher in so many ways. And it's so crazy because he he was just this larger-than-life person, but he um, he really did teach those lessons. He just didn't live them. And I remember him drawing this diagram when I was a little kid and showing, you know, if you get off your path that you're supposed to be walking, you only take a few steps off you only have a little ways to go to correct it. But if you keep walking a different path, you're going to get down, you know, a ways down the road and you have a huge jaunt to get back over to just 
walking your path and it's going to be a lot more painful. And so that has always been something that has stuck with me. Um, and, and, you know, we're fortunate that we get to learn from everyone around us too, as long as we open ourselves up to that and, and really, I mean, I used to think I have to learn every lesson on my own and learn it the hard way. And luckily with age comes a little bit of wisdom and, now I'm very happy to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, I would much rather read a book about it than have to go through it myself in some of these mistakes. Yeah. There's some of them that sound fun, but a lot of them it's like, hey, listen, read the book, pay attention. Um, you know, something I talked about is everyone's life is an example and a warning at the same time. There's no one person that's all warning and one person that's all example. If you dig deep enough, you will find an example in every human being of something you should model or learn from or do. And you will find enough warnings in just about everybody uh, of something that's just not the right thing to do if you, if you want the life you want. And, it, and it's not to judge other people. It's to learn from them and say, hey, based on your goals, your desires, your dreams, the life you're trying to put together, uh, what part of that's an example for you? What part of that's a warning? You know, what's going to take you closer to what you're really dreaming of and what's going to move you away if you continue to do it? Um, speaking of all this, I'm curious. What's a moment in your life that has made you felt incredibly humble? Shortly after my dad died, I, was, I went back to work and I was a hairstylist for 13 years and I was just having this really crummy day and feeling sorry for myself. And... Uh, I ended up have, having one of my regular clients come in and I was kind of putting on the whole, Oh, my dad died and how awful it was. And, and, and I had been doing her hair forever. And she t tells me that her son died when he was three and she had never told me this before. And she was in her sixties. And so it happened like 40 years prior. And, but she said, um, you know, my son drowned in the bathtub when he was three years old. And mm. I've never, I never share that with anybody, but the only thing I can tell you is on your worst and, and crappiest day, you just got to go out and you have to do something to give to somebody else. That has been the only thing that has gotten me through the last 40 years without my son. And so I really took that advice and I thought about it because I, I, really thought about all the times in my life that I was the happiest and they were always when I was giving. And so I decided I had, I like a week later heard about a girl in our community that had cancer. And so I decided I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a big event for her at the salon. And that turned into launching a whole nonprofit and remodeling their home. And, um, it was just one of the most life transforming things that I've ever done it it pushed me in so many ways because I mean I was a 22 year old I had no idea how to remodel a house I had no idea how to start a nonprofit, but I just knew I wanted to help and so I started going to chamber of commerce meetings and met some people that were willing to be partners with me and met contractors that were willing to come in and do some of the work and um and so it just it made me grow in so many ways, but it was also just one of the most transformative things I've ever done in my life. Wow. Wow. Very cool. It, it's, it's humbling when you meet people that 
again, you think you're having a bad day and all of a sudden they share a little bit of life and it resets your entire perspective and you go, shit, my day sounds kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it ain't yeah, perfect. I mean, I There's still a problem. It's just incomparably, yeah. it ain't that big of a problem. Yeah. I I had my boys by the time my dad passed away. And I mean, if you still to this day had to choose between the two, you know, I'd say, sorry, dad, but you're gone. And, uh, so it just put everything into such perspective for me. Mm, that's beautiful. What about an inspiring moment? Oh, I've had so many, but, um, I have always enjoyed getting to be around people who are also growth minded. And it seems to not show up in my everyday life as much as I would love for it to. Um, so actually just recently getting to go to unleash the power within was a huge inspiring moment for me. And it was such an inspiration to get to go do something for myself because I was, I had my kids really young. And so I've been being a mom for the last 13 years. And, um, last year I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Haiti and my mom was in a horrible car accident two days before I was supposed to leave. And she was the only person that survived. And to make a long story short, I wasn't able to go because I needed to be here. And, um, and that was kind of like this big, in my mind, I made it into this huge deal of, what it meant for me was, was that I was finally getting to go do something for me and, and then it didn't pan out and it really kind of got, got me for a little bit and I stopped working on my book and went back to just, Oh, I'm just going to do hair and, and I'll just figure this stuff out later and I'll just put it aside for now. So, so this year getting to go and go to Unleash the Power Within for the first time and do something like that for myself was, so huge and and one of the big takeaways that I had there that was just this moment of pure inspiration and joy for me was I've always felt like in order for my kids to be happy I need to make myself smaller and I need to make their life as comfortable as possible and and I realized in this single moment how I need to step up and play at the biggest level that I can because that's going to inspire them to do the same thing. And, and that my happiness and their happiness are not mutually exclusive. So it probably sounds really crazy to somebody else, but for me, that was a huge epiphany um, to just be able to have that moment for myself. Hmm. I, I love it. it. It is an inspiring moment realizing that, you know, that, that non exclusivity to, mutual connection between your happiness and theirs. They can choose to be happy regardless of the situation. And, and so can you, I think that's very powerful and it's definitely an inspiration. Uh, I, I think the, the other concept of it, it's, it's beautiful that you taking a trip to go help people was your time for you. It's interesting that correlation, <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a, there's a theme that's happened in the last so many episodes where when you take time to go help others, um, to, to call it selfish is the wrong term, but, but there's something special there where you get just as much magic and experience out of it as the person who's receiving whatever it is you're trying to do to help. There's a lot of magic in that. Uh, inspiring yeah. moments. What about your greatest fear? 
I think my greatest fear is is the fear that I would die without making the difference that I want to make in the world. Hmm. And, and and what does that mean to you? To me, that is that every day of my life, you know, one of my biggest um, missions is helping helping others and inspiring people. And, and I start every day with a meditation on how can I be truly helpful today. So it means showing up for my kids. It means showing up for the person that I meet walking down the street that just wants to have a conversation or wants to be seen or heard. It means um, teaching and, and growing my business to the level that I can contribute in the ways that, that I want to and on the platform that I want to. But but it really boils down to me that every moment of every day I'm living with the intentional purpose of how can my life be of service to others and whether that's a small conversation that I have with somebody or it's getting to stand on a stage in front of thousands of people, it doesn't really matter. Even with my book, you know, I always said if it just touches one person, I will have done my job and, and it will all have been worth it. And it was beautiful because I, I actually got to have that experience with a friend of my dad's who I hadn't seen in 20 years who's read it and, and called me and just said how much it meant to him to read that book. And he had fallen on hard times. And, and so I got to have that, that moment with my book, like long before it was even out to the general public. Um, but it's just to me showing up for whoever you are or for whoever is in front of you and, and being present for that person or those people. What about your future? What are you excited about? I am really excited to be getting to experience this new career path. I um, just closed my salon down. So I had been doing writing and speaking and coaching and still trying to do a lot of my clients' hair. And, um, and I'm really excited that I'm finally at a point where I could close down that other business and really launch myself into this new career path because it's something that even so many of my clients have said, you were always born to do this. This is what your life calling is. And, and I know, and I feel that it's my life calling. So, um, I am just really excited and passionate about getting to help people and getting to help people, especially realize that, pain does not have to equal suffering that that some of the most painful moments of our life are really some of the best moments of our life if we if we allow them to be Mm. how so i believe that my dad's death was one of the greatest gifts i've ever been given um it has led me to such a deeper amount of compassion and empathy and it has been a connection when my husband went through the death of his mom I was able to be there and understand him through it and um, now my siblings and I have a tradition every year on the day that our dad died we go and write letters to other families who've lost their dad and we try to tell them you know just give them love and and tell them you know that better days are ahead 
and um, we try to put together little gift baskets of things that they used to do with their dad so that they could go and maybe do some of those things in his memory. But it's also given me such a huge um, legacy to live for. You know, I, I always think about things like legacy and, and my dad has no further opportunity to add to his legacy himself. And, but he had five kids and luckily we get to do that for him. So I really, I feel like it has helped me become the best version of myself that I can be just because I want to add to that. And, um, I just think it makes you grow in so many ways. If you, if you choose to see it as a blessing, um, I think pain is one of those, you know, going through painful moments is one of those things that can teach you so much about who you are and, um, and, and really help you love and connect to other human beings. Speaking of legacy, what are some of the key legacy moments that you want to create in your life? For one thing, I think my, my children, I've always said if I have all the other success in the world, but my children aren't okay, then uh, I will have failed. So my children are my number one legacy, and um, getting to be a mom to them is the greatest gift I've ever been given. And it came about in uh, not the easiest way, but... Um, so I've also I've also gone through divorce and um, some of the the pain around that. But um, my I mean definitely by far my kids are my biggest legacy. Um, the other legacy that I want to leave is just as somebody. I mean I I always look to Mother Teresa as like the epitome of who I would love to be. And not that our stories look the same or in the same fashion, but I want when I die for there to be thousands and thousands of people who say, because Jocelyn lived, my life is better. Hmm. That's a great legacy. It's a great goal, too. So, so here's a question. Let's, let's change gears a little bit. Uh, this section we call Nuts and Bolts. And, and it's focused on practical and tangible things that people can take. And, and there's lots of insights from, from empathy and caring and making it through tough times and, you know, the roller coaster that life throws your way, whether you want to or not, it takes us all on a ride and a journey. Um, but, but in this section, I'm curious, where do you focus the majority of your hours each day? Where do you invest the majority of your life? I invest a lot of my life in learning and growing. Um, so I, I read every single day. I listen to po good podcasts. I don't ever watch TV, maybe a movie every once in a while. But um, I, I really choose to spend a lot of my day either creating, which I love. I love creating programs and courses, and I love even just website design and um, anything creative that I can do in my day, I love doing. Um, and I love anything that has to do with growth. So those are really two of my top areas that I like to spend my time. And then I, I really try to every day be present with my family and, um, and I, I try to give back to the community in different ways. So I've coached volleyball for 13 years and, um, this is the first year actually that I haven't coached in 
13 years. So, and I ended up coaching my son's basketball team instead. So, um, I spend a lot of my life in gyms and on fields, uh, just because of the ages that my kids are at right now. And my family's all very into sports. My brother coaches college basketball. And, um, so we've all always been into sports, but, um, there's so many great lessons in sports. So it's been a really easy place for me to want to spend my time. So now I get to do, I actually get to do mental coaching for some of the clubs in the area. And, um, it's just been really fun and amazing. And, um, I, I would say I just spend a lot of my day learning, growing, teaching others. I, I go and do workshops at different companies for teams and, um, I work one-on-one with people. So, you know, a lot of my day is conversational and growth oriented. Interesting. And what makes you successful in all that? I truly believe that mindset does and, and wanting to always, always having in the back of my mind, how can I be truly helpful? So whether, you know, it's somebody that's needing help on something with their website, I can help them with that, but I can also help somebody by having a great conversation with them. And I just believe that if you operate from that level of consciousness, the other stuff takes care of itself. And it's been proven to me in my life so many times. So I don't stress as much on that stuff anymore, but I just, I mean, I really do just try to go, you know, okay, what needs to be done today? And then where can I add value? And, and I, I do a lot of planning, but, um, I also leave a lot of room for spontaneity. Hmm. I like that. A, a plan with space to be adaptable to the environment of what's necessary. Yes. I think. What about, so, so to wrap up, I'd love to know what's one actionable tip someone could, could use to kind of experience that success in their life. So you mentioned mindset, you mentioned asking questions like how can I be uh, of helpful or, or of service in this moment? Uh, you looked for, you know, having a schedule, but being flexible. The, these are things that have all helped you be successful. What's one tangible thing someone could do uh, that could help them experience the, the kind of success you do each day? I think the biggest Thing that has changed my life and that I, I always would recommend to anyone that's looking to make changes is developing a strong gratitude practice. I think gratitude is the key to everything. And um, so I, I oftentimes start my day writing in a gratitude journal, but I also think that, again, spontaneity comes into my own um, rituals and routines because I for a long time I was just doing that and I would do it every day religiously and it almost became like a chore where I wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't feeling the gratitude that I needed to feel in that moment. And so I developed a list of like 10 things that I could do to, to basically practice gratitude on a daily basis. And so sometimes I'll write three cards and put them in the mailbox and sometimes I'll go on a walk and just really focus on all the things that I'm grateful for, or, um, sometimes I will just write down one little item and drop it into this little gratitude jar that I have. A lot of times I still do the gratitude journal just because I think it is really powerful, but I do think 
if it if it becomes something that's monotonous, it's kind of defeating the purpose. Hmm. So, um, to me, it is way more powerful when I just make sure that I spend a lot of time in gratitude every day, but maybe don't have so many attachments to how it shows up. Hmm. Just finding a way to gratitude, whether it's thinking about it, writing about it, uh, creating moments that make you feel grateful, uh, experiencing yeah. things, doing things. I, I think that that'd be a great tangible list is it might be worth grabbing a pen and paper if you're listening and, and write down, you know, what are uh, maybe five or 10 different ways you could still find a moment of gratitude in your life, whether it's the type of people you spend time with, whether it's writing in a journal, you know, speaking it out loud, seeing it in your mind, um, going and volunteering. But but what are the moments that lead you back to gratitude? And maybe keep a short list of options that each day, uh, you know, uh, reach in the hat, grab one option and go, okay, this is my vehicle to get to gratitude today. Or like you said, naturally allow them to show up in your life and realize there's so many paths back to that experience and emotion that you don't have to be stuck with just one that it becomes monotonous or repetitive and it, and it loses that feeling. I think Another thing I heard, um, there was a research study, I think it was at Stanford, that, that says if you if you write down five things you're grateful for, that's wonderful. You still feel the benefits. Um, but if you, if you write down one thing you're grateful for and five specific attributes about it, it amplifies yeah. that gratitude even more. So just maybe one tip you could add to your five or ten list if you're making one while you're listening is to... The, the concept of picking one and writing five reasons why you're grateful for that next to it and just to experience the depth of that gratitude a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I love this. So uh, first off, I want to say, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I actually have a, the, the 10, the list of 10 that I created is on my website as a free downloadable PDF for people if they want it. Um, but it just has some really good ideas on there and, and I will, definitely second what you just said about attaching the reasons why you're you're grateful for something because um, it is so much more powerful if you can get into the feelings behind the gratitude. Very cool. I love it. Well, we'll make sure the links for that are in the show notes here. So if you're listening, make sure to go over to the show notes, click those links, go check that out. Um, but, but Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for sharing a little love and light and something that we call soul food with, with everyone listening. Uh, for those of you listening in, thank you for taking time to join us for another another soul session here and listen in and, and hear a little bit of love and light from other people. Um, and, and I look forward to speaking to you all in our next, uh, our next session. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. So very welcome. Thank you.